0: Today, we're going to talk about broker roadblocks when you're trying to learn information about a business that's for sale. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Making, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things. I talk to interesting people and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe and let's get to it. All right, Uh, so I'm making this video. It's actually inspired by an email that I got and I'm gonna gonna read the email to you and then we're gonna tear things apart piece by piece. So he says, hi, David. This seems, seems strange to me. I contacted a business brokerage And it seemed to be legitimate. I signed the automated NDA on a website. And uh, then there were three qualification questions. And immediately the broker asked me to demonstrate my funds available without me having seen any information about the business. He didn't even send me the information package and said that he needs the seller's approval to even send me the information package. And then he says, I've talked with many other brokers who've never behaved this way before. And I'm worried that I may be getting scammed or it's an identity theft thing, okay? So very interesting email, right? Because, you know, I think that a lot of people out there who've gone looking for businesses, you've responded to an advertisement somewhere and you have maybe sent an email and you get an NDA and you fill in the NDA and they send you a SIM or they send you a package of information. And this guy's run into someone who's not doing that. They've got a few more hurdles lined up for the buyer to jump over in order to get the information about the business. Now, this is very interesting because he believes that this is strange. And let me tell you how I was trained how to be a business broker back in the day. So this is you know, rolling back time to you know before 2009, back in the 2008 area. Um, and this was the process that I was taught. You do advertising online. Back in those days, we used to even still use newspaper ads from time to time. You do some advertising and you get an inquiry. It might be an email. Someone might leave a voicemail, for example. You get that person on the phone and you talk with them. And the only goal that we had, or you emailed them back with the goal of getting a phone call. And the only goal that we had in the phone call was to get the person to come into the office, right? Uh, because we were selling Main Street businesses and most of the buyers were local people. So I would want them to get into the office and then I would give them the NDA and have them fill it in and fill in other information that was attached to the NDA. So we had an NDA and it had a questionnaire of information. Part of the information we asked for was a net worth statement. I wanted to know what kind of assets and liabilities that the buyer had. I wanted to know what kind of liquid funds they would have available. And here's why. Because in looking at any of my listings, I could pretty much tell what kind of down payment would be required in order to be able to buy that business. And one of the most important things about business brokerage is maintaining the secrecy of the business that's for sale and the secrecy of your client's information, right? And so what is actually an abnormal kind of behavior is what has evolved today with a lot of people who literally send private information to strangers on the internet but let me get back to my story. So, so the buyer would fill in this non-disclosure agreement, and then I would give them a snapshot. Now, a snapshot was a one-page summary of information. Basically had, you know, the business, where the business was located, a few photos of the business, perhaps their top line revenue, the, the cash flow, the SDE, a couple of bullet points about the business. And I would give that to them. And I would say, now, Your next step is to do a secret shopper mission. I want you to go to that business. Say it was a restaurant. I want you to go there and have lunch. Don't tell anyone that the business is for sale. Don't ask to see the owner. Just go there and have lunch and check it out and see if you can imagine yourself being the owner of that restaurant. See what it would be like to work there. See what it would be like to serve those clients, to uh, manage those employees, et cetera. Now, at the end of your secret shopper mission, if you can imagine yourself being the owner of that business, give me a call, and I will arrange a meeting with the seller. So, then we would have a face-to-face meeting between the buyer and the seller. In that meeting, the buyer could ask whatever they wanted about the inception, the creation, the history of the business, how it operates, the seller's motivation to sell, their ideas for how the business could be improved, You know all that kind of stuff at the end of that meeting i was looking for a wink or a nudge or a pat on the shoulder from the seller letting me know that he thought the buyer was qualified that he thought this is a person that can run my business and that was when i knew that i had permission to share the business profile package or the sim as it's sometimes referred to and so then the seller would leave and i would be left with the buyer And we would sit down and I would go through the package with him and I would make sure he understood all the information in there. And then I would pull out a blank offer to purchase and I would say, this is how we make an offer. And furthermore, I would fill it out in a ridiculous way. So what I would do is I would say, let's say you were going to make an offer for half the asking price, right? Not that I expected him to make an offer for half the asking price, but I wanted to go through the process of actually filling in the offer to purchase. Right, and then I let him take it with him. Now, he would then go away, having already created some sort of idea in his head of what the business would be like and what it would be like to own the business, what it would be like to manage the business. Okay, then he had the information in the sim to be able to sit down and look at the numbers. And if they were, if the buyer was interested in the business, what they would then do is call me up and they would say, "Yeah, you know what? I think I would like to make an offer." And the offer wouldn't be the one I suggested at half price. Obviously, it would be some other number and we would get the ball rolling. And that was the process. Now, why is the process laid out in this fashion? Number one control of information. We don't want the seller's vital, private, confidential information to be circulating wildly, especially, heaven forbid, in the form of a PDF document flying around the internet, right? I would give it to them on paper and I know times have changed. Okay. But it just makes it scarier. So we only wanted to give it to people who were number one qualified. Number two, the seller believed could operate the business and number three that reiterated an interest in being the person that would buy the business, right? That was the process. We wanted to make sure the buyer was actually invested a little bit as far as time, emotional investment, imaginative investment, you know, daydreaming about being the operator of the business. And I wanted to make sure that the seller was also a little bit invested in the process, having spent the time with the buyer and actually was willing to give the buyer, you know, sort of a stamp of approval from a first glance. Yeah. I think this person can do it. And I knew from the NDA and the net worth statement that the person could actually make an offer with some amount of down payment that would make sense to me with respect to the financing. I knew that might be available for that business. Okay. So What doesn't work now with a lot of these brokers just firing off SIMs across the internet? Well, here's the problem is that when you submit an NDA or or you submit an inquiry on a business and the broker responds with an NDA and then you send it in and they give you the SIM, most of these brokers are not actually asking for any kind of ID. Like you could literally just make a fake LinkedIn profile, make a fake email account, and go and gather all this information and for whatever nefarious use, and people may not even be able to track you down, right? So how on earth is that protecting your client's information as a broker, right? It's not. And second thing, um, how do you even know this person is qualified to buy the business, right? You, you want to make sure that they they actually have everything that they need to be able to buy the business, that they're not going to be wasting your time. As a broker, you have a limited amount of time, And you need to make sure that you're spending it on qualified buyers that can actually make a deal. You know, uh, these people that are out there selling these like um, ridiculous buy a business with no money courses and stuff, they're creating a huge part of this problem. And so this gentleman who wrote me the email, he's saying like, why am I meeting this resistance? This is normal. This is the normal kind of process that somebody should be involved in when they're doing something as tricky as selling a business. Now, here's where it's really important to understand what is the audience and what market are you playing in? Because in the world of middle market businesses, it's completely different. In middle market businesses, you're talking about larger businesses with like EBITDAs of 700 grand or a million dollars or more, where the sellers are very sophisticated. The buyers are far more sophisticated. They're all speaking MBA jargon, right? And in those deals, the buyers are going to be making their decisions. They're going to be motivated based on numbers and financial data. They need to know that what the deal entails, and the broker needs to make sure that that package demonstrates effectively that the business is fairly priced and makes sense for the cash flow that's there. And I know not all of them do. Okay, but in that world, it's it's a different kind of thing. It's very analysis driven. In the main street world, it's largely emotionally driven and it's a matter of not just matching a buyer with an available business, but matching the right buyer with the right skills and aptitude to the business that they're going to be able to successfully operate. So this is the kind of thing that you should expect from a broker that knows what they're doing, right? And firing off a bunch of inquiries, like, you know, buyers... Here, let me, let me talk sternly about you now. So recently I had a client who's trying to sell a business on their own and they hired me to uh, manage an advertising program. So I put a couple of ads up on these business for sale marketplace websites and all me and my team are doing is we're just looking at the inquiries, we're accepting the NDAs and the questionnaires, and then we're letting the seller filter them through. So I can tell you, I've seen on that one listing, dozens upon dozens of inquiries of people who don't even take the time to fill in the questions, right? There's like an NDA and a six-question questionnaire. The questions are strategic to help that seller sort out whether or not you are the kind of person he wants to talk to or not. And when he looks at the answers to those questions, if you haven't bothered to fill them out, he's just going to delete it. He's not going to respond to it. He's not going to accept his half of the NDA. You're not going to find out who the business what the business is or where it is or et cetera, right? And so it it has to do with this rushing mentality. A lot of the buyers, I think, that are doing this are responding to dozens of ads at a time on these websites. Stop it. Look for something that's actually going to be something suited to you and invest the time in going through a process. Make yourself known to the person who listed it. Talk with them. Ask what the process is going to be comply with some of the requests, understanding why they're being made, right? So for example, if you're asked, how much money do you have available? You may not want to answer specifically, but you might say something like, how much do you think would be required? And If they say, well, we anticipate someone would need to have about $50,000 to buy this business. You say, great. Well, I'm more than able to, and when the time comes for me to make an offer, I'd be happy to give you a redacted bank statement with my name on it, showing a balance over $50,000, right? Most brokers are going to be fine with that kind of conversation because you're communicating that you understand what they're looking for and why, and you're communicating that you're going to be able to meet that burden when the time comes. Anyway, I hope that helps. Because, I mean, quite frankly, if I was trying to sell a business and there was a broker representing me who was firing off PDFs of all the information about my business to people that they had never met in person and who just filled out a form online, I would be a little bit concerned because one of the biggest groups of people that we want to keep this information from, of course, is competitors. And if I was in a given industry, you know, if I owned a trucking company in Michigan, for example, Um, I might look online and look for other trucking companies in Michigan that are for sale because I might be interested in expanding, right? Um, But then maybe I just want to get a hold of their financials. Maybe I just want to find out how my competitors are doing. Maybe I just want to learn what information I can about them. Maybe glean something that will give me some insight into who their customers are so I can go and steal them away, right? It's all kinds of nasty things that someone can do with the kinds of information that appear in one of these SIMs. Anyway, thanks a lot for sending in this question. Uh, I know that I've probably um, helped to inform a lot of people out there about how this process should unfold. Um, And if you're a broker and if you're, you're taking the lazy way, rethink what you're doing. And here's why. When you send information, data, an actual business profile or a SIM to someone who has not met the seller and has not visited the business, that buyer has not had a chance to make any kind of emotional or imaginative connection to the business. When you know, Whenever we buy anything, it's usually because of some kind of motivation, emotional motivation, especially in the main street space where the buyer is not only making an investment in a business, but actually in a lot of the cases, buying a job. They're going to buy the business and go work there, right? So they need to be able to imagine what it's going to be like once they're the owner of the business. If they can't imagine it, if they've never been there, if they haven't had a chance to make that initial contact with the seller to create some kind of relationship with the seller, even you know, a superficial initial relationship, what's going to happen is they're going to take the information in the SIM And they're going to spot every little problem about the business that they can find. And these are all going to become reasons why they don't want to buy the business. And they will disqualify the business. Or they will look at those problems and make some kind of offer like, I'll give you a lower price and I want a huge seller note. Well, your seller's never met the person. I mean, would you lend money to a stranger? So, of course, that offer is going to be rejected. Right. And then you get this. Very um, adversarial back and forth between two people that don't really have much of a common ground because they never had an opportunity to have one. Instead, you, you want the opportunity for that buyer to come and make that initial connection with the business and with the seller and for the seller to have an idea of who this buyer is. Because while someone may not lend money to a stranger, they might lend money to their new friend, Paul, right? That they just met. And so this whole process is very important. Back in my initial training days, um, I actually went through a training class just about this topic, and an example was used of a guy in Texas, a broker in Texas, and he was making this mistake. He was sending out business profiles to everyone who inquired, and no one was making offers. Meanwhile, the guy training the course was doing it in the way that I explained, and he was selling like every two or three visits with a new buyer, someone would make an offer, right? So he was able to get people engaged. He was able to get people interested and get them to make offers, right? And so the guy in Texas, when he changed his format, all of his luck changed. All of a sudden, he started to actually get better quality buyers who became invested in the businesses and the ones who decided they really did like it. They made offers and they were able to have some back and forth and actually make some deals go through And maybe it's just the current market, the way it's been over the last two years, all the cheap money available and the high leverage available that it's gotten this way. But with the way things are changing right now, very soon, if you can't, as a broker, navigate relationship building between a buyer and a seller, you're not going to be doing very many deals. Because with rising interest rates and what I believe coming is increasingly more stringent lending rules on the part of lenders, It's going to be harder and harder for people that have become, you know, sort of high leverage loan dependent to make deals happen. You're going to have to get the skills that you need to become a true deal maker and actually work with the two parties to find that common ground. One of the most common things that buyers are complaining about is the fact that if they borrow a lot from the bank, they're afraid that if rates go up, they're going to end up with payments that get out of control that they can't afford. And so a lot of them think, the only thing I can do is offer less. That's not the only thing they can do. The other thing they can do is get a bigger seller note with a fixed interest rate. That's another way to control finance cost risk, right? And so brokers, up your deal-making game. Anyway, let's, uh, let's hear from today's video sponsor uh, while we wind this thing up. Special thanks quote to today's video sponsor, Mark Willis of Lake Growth Financial. Mark helps people better manage their personal wealth and business finances through the bank on yourself insurance strategy. This is something I've done personally and I've gotten lots of positive feedback from people I've worked with over the years. Go to newbankingsolution.com to find a playlist of all the interviews I've done with Mark and to learn more about the advantages of these programs. While there, sign up to arrange a conversation about what this solution might look like for you. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site at davidcbarnett.com. You'll find hundreds of articles and videos all for free. You'll find links to my books and online courses, and you can sign up for my email list and get emails covering topics that interest you and be notified of new videos.